about uh, prayer and thanksgiving today, specifically praying with thanksgiving. And, you know, in the scripture, you will see that, that, that God links prayer and thanksgiving together. And there's a reason for that. And, uh, and we're going to talk about that uh, today. Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you right now for your word. God, uh, you declare in the gospel of John, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, you go on to say. Lord, you said nothing was made without that word, apart from that word. And that word is Christ. He is the living word. And Father, we just pray today as we look into your word, the living word, as we look into this book that, Lord, speaks to us of Christ reveals to us Christ, makes known to us Christ. We pray that by the Spirit of God, you would open our hearts and open our minds and illuminate this living word to us, that it would change and transform us and conform us to the very image that we possess if we are born again today, the image of Christ, the nature of Christ, the life of Christ. Lord, let our lives conform to that life which is now ours. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Ephesians 5.20, Paul says, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's a, that's a real powerful verse. I've heard a lot of people over the years try to basically convince us that that verse doesn't really say what it says. There is another verse, and we're going to look at it a little later on. It's part of my message today where it says, in all things give thanks. Now, I've heard people say before, well, we're not to give thanks for all things, but we're to give thanks in all things. But I'm just going to tell you right here, the scripture says, give thanks always for all things. Amen. Now, I'm going to be real quick to tell you also, that doesn't compute with my natural brain. There are some things that I can just immediately call to mind right now that I don't see how in the world I could give thanks for. But yet the scripture says, giving thanks always. See, these, these words like always and all are very important. God didn't put them in there accidentally. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What's key to me in that phrase right there, in that verse right there, is the last part of it, in the name of of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, when we talk about prayer and thanksgiving, and this is why Paul always links prayerfulness with thankfulness. Because we've got to understand that in all things, regardless what is taking place, we have a reason to be thankful. Colossians 4.2 says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it, with thanksgiving. Now what I'm talking to you about today is not about a method or a formula. This isn't for you to create a, a new formula for prayer and make sure that you add thankfulness to your prayers and, and it will somehow make your prayers more effective. That's not what I'm talking about. See, thankfulness isn't a method or a formula. It's not something we add to our prayers. Thankfulness has got to be an attitude that we live with. It's about our attitude. It's about knowing why we can be thankful in everything. 
And this is why last week I, I started and I talked to you about Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 10. Let's go to that scripture. If you have your Bible, go there. I didn't do a message guide for you guys, and I know life groups, uh, it's going to be the first week of the month, so we've got life groups that are going to be meeting. Uh, this message guide that I have will be on the internet for you to download, so you'll be able to get it. Um, or take notes today. Colossians 2, let's look, let's look at this verse, verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. So Paul says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus. And the question that we ask here is, what Jesus, do you know what Jesus you have received? And Paul describes this Jesus that, that these believers have received. He goes on and he describes Jesus here. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Let that be the expression of your life. Let that be the, the, the theme of your life. Let that be what is manifest and coming out of your life. This Jesus Christ, this Christ, this Jesus that you have received. And if you have received Him, so walk in Him rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith. See, if I don't know the Jesus that I have received, if Jesus is only a thought, if it's only a name, if it's only a man who did great things, if it's only someone who started another religion, if it's just someone that I've read about in the Bible or even someone that I have been convinced that I should believe in, but I don't know this Jesus which I have received, then I will not know why I should be and can be thankful in all things, always for all things. It doesn't mean that, that we have to like everything. You know, Job was mentioned earlier. I've heard a lot of things about Job too. I've heard it preached and taught before that the reason Job got into the trouble that he got into, it was really Job's fault because he feared. What he feared came upon him. But I want to point to you the very first verse of Job chapter 1. God says, not anybody else, God says, Job, who was blameless. In other words, I don't care what you think about Job. God says it wasn't his fault. He was blameless. Say, well, why would God do that? Well, you'll have to ask God that. We can speculate all we want, but here's the thing, church. Here's what we always have to come back to. Here's what we always have to remember. God is God and we're not. He's God. He is God. But we see a man whose faith was not shaken who even his own wife said, why don't you just curse God and die and get it over with? You are so pathetic, Job. He said, no, I'm not going to do it. And he didn't curse God. And he didn't die. And everything was restored to him ultimately. I'm going to tell you what, church. Jesus has promised, whatever we lose on this earth, whatever we lose, for whatever reason, if we are in him, he says, don't worry it will be restored and many times over. Now, we might look for that 
in, in ways that, that are erroneous, in ways that we shouldn't be looking for it. Because what Jesus is promising us is much greater than anything we could ever gain or amass on this earth. And ultimately, what we're going to get is not going to be of this earth. We have a reason to be thankful. There is a reason why God says, when you pray, pray with thanksgiving. If we don't know this Jesus whom we have received, then we don't know why we are to be thankful. And this is the battle. This is the deception that the enemy wants to bring into our lives. He wants to blind our eyes to the glory of God. He wants to dull our hearing and dull our eyesight and dull our understanding and distract us and draw us away to so many things to get our gaze, to get our attention off of Jesus and onto something else so that we'll become hopeless, disappointed, discouraged, downcast. But God says, no, don't do it. Keep your eyes on me. Because as long as my eyes are fixed gazing into that mirror, I am seeing the very image of Christ and I am being transformed, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 3.18, into the very image that I am beholding. So what Paul goes on here, he says, we need to be rooted, built up in him, established in the faith as you have been taught. Are you teachable? Not just, are you teachable from a man, but are you teachable? Are you willing to allow God to teach you? Because ultimately, that's who's going to teach us. He can use a man, he can use a woman, he can use any, anything he wants to use, but ultimately, it's God who is teaching us. And if we're learning from God, we're being rooted and established and built up in the faith. But look what Paul says. He says, abounding in it with what? With thanksgiving. Now, just on a real practical level, now you kids don't answer because I know what most of you will say, but you guys that are out of school now, can you remember being in school? Were you always thankful you had to get up every morning and go to school? When you had to sit in algebra class, were you thankful? I remember my first algebra class, I didn't do very well. I can, I can remember many times not being very thankful at all that I was having to go to school. But you know, now, when I look back on it, I am very, very thankful that I had the opportunity to be taught. Though I wasn't very thankful when I was going through the process. Do you know that many times, and I'm not, this isn't about God up in the sky teaching us some lesson. Please don't have that image of God. That's not who he is. But God loves us enough to teach us in everything that we go through in this life. The enemy, we have an enemy, we have an adversary. He wants to destroy you. God's not going to let him do it. But that doesn't mean he's not going to try. And even in his trying, what he means for evil, God knows how to even use that and work it together for good. I'm telling you, we have a reason to be thankful. And Paul says if we're, if we're built up, if we're rooted and built up and established in the faith, we should abound in it with thanksgiving. He says, beware, don't be cheated through philosophy and empty deceit. According, look at this, to the tradition of men. 
according to the basic principles of the world and not according to the Christ. We are not of this world. We don't live according to the basic principles of the world. We live according to the principles of Christ. We're in the world, but we're not of the world any longer. We're in the world for a reason, but we don't live as though we're of the world. We don't go for, we don't fall for the basic principles of the world, the empty traditions or philosophies or the the deceitful things that even the traditions of men have established. Because our basis is not in those things. Our basis is in this word right here. Our basis is in Christ, the living word of God. That's what we live by. That's what we live according to. Paul is asking the Colossians. He says, do you know the Christ that you have received? As you have received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in him. Don't be deceived by philosophy. Don't be deceived by the traditions of men. Don't live according to the basic principles of this world, but live according to Christ. For in Him, in Christ, dwells what? All, say all church, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I'm going to remind you again, if you are born again today, where does Christ dwell? He dwells in us. Christ in you, Paul said, the hope of glory. You are living stones being built up, a spiritual house, a holy habitation for God in the Spirit. And if in Him dwells all the fullness, guess what? If He dwells in me, then all the fullness dwells in me. Paul says, that's the Christ you have received. Walk as though you have received His fullness because you have if He is in you. And you are, he goes on, he says, and you are complete. In him. But we're, we are reminded constantly that we're not complete, aren't we? The enemy whispers in our ear all the time and tells us how incomplete we are, how lacking we are. Now, who are we going to believe? Men will even tell you how incomplete you are. Men will let you know what you are not. But God says, no, in my son, you are complete. Now, either that scripture is true or it's not. I choose to believe it's true. Because God's not a man that he should lie. And this is his inspired word. You are complete in him. Do you know the Jesus that you have received? Do you know that you are complete in him? Do you know that his fullness dwells in you? Do you know that you are complete in him? Do you know that he is the head of all power and principality? Do you know that as you have received Jesus Christ the Lord, you have received an authority and you have been given the right to walk in it? You can walk in the authority of him who is the head of all principality and power. That means if he's the head, then I'm the head too. Now, don't go and take that and abuse it and use it for something it was never meant to be for. God didn't give you a blank check to go write, to go buy whatever you want, to go name and claim whatever you want. He is saying, in you, if you have received Christ, Jesus, the Lord, in you, His fullness dwells. In Him, you are complete because the complete one dwells in you. And you've been brought into him. And you have been made completely righteous. Completely holy. You are now the righteousness of God. Where? 
in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. And he is the head of all power and principality. We have an adversary, but guess what? He can't touch me. Why? Because I dwell in the one who is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Because I am complete in him and he is the head of all power and principality. And as long as I'm dwelling in him, I don't have any reason to fear. That's why the scripture says over and over and over. From Old Testament to New, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power. You have a spirit of power, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The spirit of power and of love. God is love and he who abides in God abides in love because God is love. Love dwells in you and you dwell in love because God is love. He's given you a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. Paul says you have the mind of Christ. Ah, church, that's good news. That's good news. You ought to be more excited than what you are. I'm serious. You ought to be. Do you know the Jesus that you have received? Do you know who dwells in you? See, if you don't know, you won't know why you can be and should be thankful in spite of everything that's going on around you. Because you have a hope. Not hope as the world gives us hope. Do you know worldly hope is unsure? I hope one of you wins the lottery so you'll pay your tithe and we can build the church. We can hope all day long, but there's no guarantee it's going to happen, even if you do buy a ticket every day. But I'm telling you what the Scripture says. The Scripture says we have a hope in Christ. We have a hope of resurrection. We have a hope of adoption. We have a hope of redemption. I have been born again. I am living in the resurrection right now. But my body, this old flesh right here, it is still of the corrupt order. It's still of the old creation. This earth that we're standing on right now, it's still under the curse. It's still under the impact of the fall. But it's not always going to be. I'm not always going to have this body. I'm not always going to live on an earth still under the corruption of the fall. Why? Because God says he's going to redeem this body and he's going to redeem this earth. Well, when is that going to happen? Well, I don't know. God hadn't told me. And if he's told you, then you need to let me know. But when you come and let me know, I'm going to say, you know what? You need to repent because you're lying. Because <laughs> God ain't going to tell you. If he's not going to tell his own son, he's not going to tell you. But here's our hope. The win really doesn't matter. Well, Pastor, you think we're going to go through the tribulation or we're going to be taken out before, mid, or after? I don't really care. I mean, I don't want to go. I'll just be straight up. I don't want to go through tribulation. But, but I, don't, I don't understand why we don't understand we live in the midst of tribulation. We just are immune to it here because we feel safe and secure. We're not worried about someone busting through that door and mowing us down with an AK-47 or strapping us to a tree and skinning us alive until we deny Christ. But those things happen every day. But I'm going to tell you what, I have a hope. And my hope is sure. See, God's hope speaks of that which is not seen, but even though we don't see it, it's sure. It's, there's no question in my mind this earth will be redeemed. There's no question in my mind this body will be redeemed. 
Either when that trumpet blows, or if I'm in the grave, it's coming out of the grave. One way or the other, it's going to happen. That's my hope. And Paul says in Romans that even the creation groans. It groans awaiting the revealing of the sons of God because it wants to experience the adoption and the redemption that will come one day. Even the earth, the created earth and the created order does not want to live under the weight of the fall, but it does. And it groans and it awaits the adoption and the redemption that it knows is coming. Even the earth has hope. And it knows it's coming. Church, we have a reason to be thankful. We are not without hope, even though we can't see it, even though we can't feel it, even though we're not experiencing it right now. We have the hope and we have the promise. And the promise of God is sure. It's not question. It's not a hope so, maybe so hope. It is a sure hope. And Paul says, this is the Jesus that you have received. Do you know it? So walk in Him. Walk in His fullness. Walk in His completeness. Walk in His authority. See, if we don't know that, we will not understand why the Bible tells us, in all things, give thanks. We, we won't understand why it says giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praying with thanksgiving is important because it signifies that we have a revelation and a knowledge of this Jesus that we have received. Praying with thanksgiving magnifies God's peace. Go to Philippians 4.6. You probably, many of you are familiar with this. Philippians 4, 6. Verses 6 and 7. This is the, the famous verse where Paul says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. There's the link again. Be anxious, be fearful, be be worried, be stressed for nothing. You know the world has a way of weighing on us, of, of just crushing us with the pressure and the stress and the worry. For many people in these times we're living in right now, there's great economic stress and pressure. People are losing their jobs. People are, are having their hours cut back and they're going... How am I going to pay my house? How am I going to pay for my car? How am I going to provide for my family? You know, those are real concerns. There are people that are struggling with sickness and disease in their bodies. That's a real concern. None of this is minimized. And, and God is not minimizing any of these things. But He's saying in the midst of this reality, in the midst of this pressure that is is bearing down on you, be anxious for nothing. I didn't write it. I'm just the messenger. I'm telling you what God says. And we would do well to heed the word of the Lord. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And what will happen 
God will change your circumstance. No, that's not what he says. God will answer your prayer and give you exactly what you've been praying for. No, that's not what he says. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. We have all been party to situations where we've seen God answer prayer and we've been party to situations where we've seen God not answer prayer the way we desire Him to. But God is not saying here, the Word is not saying, be thankful if your situation goes the way you want it to go. No, what it's saying is, be anxious for nothing but in everything, by prayer, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And here is what God has promised to do. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. See, prayer with thanksgiving magnifies God's peace. You know what a magnifying glass does? I'm sure you do. Do you, do you understand that a magnifying glass does not make something actually bigger? It only causes it to appear bigger. A magnifying, you know, you know I, I don't wear glasses. I can still read my Bible just fine. But there are some labels that I have trouble reading. Now, I'm a, I'm a label reader. You know, I told him this last night. Nobody likes to go to the grocery store with me because I like to stand there and read the labels. I want to know how much high fructose corn syrup it has in it, or if it's got chemicals. If it has aspartame, I won't buy it. If it's got, you know, monosodium glutamate, I won't buy it, you know. So I'm, I'm reading the labels, and most of them I can still read, but there's some of them I can't read anymore. You know, I was trying to super glue something one day, and you know those tubes of super glue, they're like microscopic. And so they, they print all the instructions on the side of that little tube of super glue. I'm like, who on earth can read this? You know, you got to get a magnifying. And even with my magnifying glass, I had a hard time reading it, you know? There's only one thing you need to know about super glue. Don't get it on you. That's really the only thing you need to put it in the right place and stick it together. And after that, don't worry about it. But really... When I use my magnifying glass, it's not really making the words bigger than they are. It's just magnifying it so that I can see it, so that I can experience it, so that I can know it. See, praying with thanksgiving doesn't make God's peace bigger. He is our peace. But it magnifies it in a way that I am able to experience it and know it and take advantage of it. And have that fill my life. There's a reason why the scripture says my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. The scripture over and over tells us how important it is for us to know. Because it's through our knowledge of Christ that we experience his peace. See if we've received Christ, we've received his life. We've received his fullness, his completeness. We've received his authority. We've received those things, so we should walk in Him. And, and in walking in Him, we walk in His peace. His peace comes through our knowledge of who He is and what He has already, already eternally provided. See, if His peace, if your peace today is dependent on what God does for you instead of who God is, I promise you, the day of your disappointment is coming. 
Because there's a day coming when God is not going to do for you what you think he should. God's not going to do what you think is fair. God's not going to do what you think is right. So our peace is not based on what God does. Our peace is based on who he is. And knowing that he always does in accordance with his nature. See, if I want to stand in the place of judging God and saying God is good or God is evil, then I've come right back to the fall. I've come right back to the place where God told me not to go to begin with. You notice what tree were we not to eat from? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What tree were we to eat from? We were to eat from the tree of life. Who is our life? When Christ, who is your life, appears, you will appear with him. Where? In glory. So praying with thanksgiving reminds us why we are to have peace even when our circumstance says we should fear. Praying with thanksgiving reminds us that there is not anything God has not provided in Jesus Christ, His Son. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God has provided everything in His Son? Yes, He has. That's why we can be thankful in every situation. If we know all has been provided in the Son, then we're able to give thanks in everything. If we doubt, if we're unknowing, if we don't know that all has been provided in the Son, then we're going to focus on our lack instead of His provision given to us in Christ. Prayer with thanksgiving magnifies God. It magnifies His provision in Christ. It magnifies His peace. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, by prayer with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known and the And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your heart and guard your mind. So praying with thanksgiving magnifies God's peace. It also magnifies God's gift. See, I can only be thankful for what I have already received or what I'm promised. You don't thank someone for the gift you haven't received. You don't thank someone for what you don't even know you're going to get. I mean, if I came to you and said, you know what, a month from now, I'm going to buy you a brand new pair of shoes. Really? Yes, I promise you I'm going to do it. And you believe that I'm going to do it. What would you say? Well, thank you. I guess if you needed a pair of shoes. I mean, if you didn't need a pair of shoes, maybe you wouldn't. But you'd probably still say thank you just to be polite, right? But if you walked up to me and said thank you, I'd say for what? See, you don't do that, do you? Thank you. Thankfulness is a result of something that's been given. When someone gives you a gift, you say thank you. Thanksgiving is the result of the gift or the promise received. We're not thankful to God for what he might give us. See, what God promises us is not what he might do. His word is true. His promises are yes and amen. And those promises are where? They are in Christ. This is why we have hope. Hope's not a hope so, maybe so. Not what, might God, not, what, not, not what God might do, but what He has already done and what He promises to do. So we are thankful for what has already been given and what has already been promised us in Christ. 2 Peter chapter 1, let's look at this. Starting in verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you, how? In the knowledge of God. 
and in Jesus Christ. See, here is that the importance of knowing Christ. As you what Jesus, do you know what Jesus you have received? See, if I know what Jesus have received, then I know what I've got. And his peace and his grace is multiplied to me. How? Through the knowledge of God and through the knowledge of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us, there's that little word, I love that word, all things. Has he not given us anything that pertains to life and godliness? As his, look at this, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Is there anything I have not received pertaining to my life and godliness in Christ Jesus? Or has he given me all things? Is the word true or not true? It's true. Do I have a reason to be thankful in the midst of my circumstance? Do I have a reason to be thankful even though life's not going the way I would have had it go? Yes, because in Christ, I understand what? I understand that Christ is my life. And in Him, I have received all things. You don't think those guys in the Old Testament... You think Abraham had a question when God says, go take your son and sacrifice him? I bet he did. But you know what? He did it. Why? Because he knew the word of God was true. And he knew God would not go back on his word. He said, even I have to kill my son. I know God will raise him from the dead. That's what it says in Hebrews. And that's why he went in obedience. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. How does it come? Through the knowledge of Him. How is my peace multiplied? Through the knowledge of Him. How is my grace multiplied? Through the knowledge of Him. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. He has already given us all things, and He has made promises of things to come. And I have hope in those things. Praying with thanksgiving is acknowledging that God, by His divine power, has already, past tense, has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's why we can be and should be thankful in all things. It's why I can come in my situation that should cause anxiety, but I'm not going to be anxious. I am going to, by prayer with thanksgiving, make my request known, and I'm going to trust that God's going to honor His Word and cause His peace that surpasses understanding to guard my heart and guard my mind through Christ Jesus. We cannot be thankful for what we do not know we have. Do you know the Jesus that you have received? So walk in Him. See, if I don't know the Jesus that I have received, then I'm not going to know why I, have to be, why, why I have a reason to be thankful. If I am believing in some Jesus that's not the Jesus of the Scripture, then I'm setting myself up for disappointment. As we come to know the gift of God that has been provided for us in Christ Jesus, we are to give thanks and to magnify the gift of God. Paul says in Ephesians, it's not of works, it is the gift of God. Speaking of our eternal life in Christ. The writer of Hebrews says, therefore by him, 
Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. How are we to offer it? Continually. Always. Through prayer, we continually offer thanksgiving for His indescribable gift. Do you know what the gift is? It's Christ. And what do I have in Christ? I have all things that pertain to life and godliness. I have his fullness. I have his completeness. I have his authority. I can walk in the assurance of his peace regardless of what is happening around me. So praying with thanksgiving magnifies his peace. It magnifies his gift. And the last thing is this. (coughs) Praying with thanksgiving magnifies God's glory. Now this is important. 2 Corinthians 4.15, Paul writes this. He says, For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to what? To the glory of God. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Our thanksgiving should abound to what? To the glory of God. See, my prayer with thanksgiving magnifies the glory of God. Prayer should never be, listen church, this is so important for us to understand. Prayer should never be man reminding God to be benevolent toward him. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 8, The Father knows before you ask what you have need of. Well then, what's the point of us asking then, you might say? Legitimate question. See, the point of our praying is not to remind God to be benevolent toward us. It's not to let him know what I need. He already knows what I need. The point of our prayer is is giving thanks. And it's man giving thanks and man glorifying God for what has already been given to him. Where? In Christ. That's why we have reason to be thankful in all things. Continually, always. Because if we're born again, there's never a time when we are not in Christ. There's never a time when God has not already supplied all things that pertain to my life and my godliness. There's never a time when I'm disconnected from the vine. His life is in me, flowing through me. I have the power of an endless life inside of me. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it dwells within me. Jesus says, don't fear those that have power over your physical body. Fear him who has power over your soul to cast it into hell. I'm telling you what, I have been delivered from hell. I've been delivered from death. They can do what they want with this body, but they can never take my life away. Why? Because I have, and you have in Christ, the power of an endless life. It can never be taken away from you. Never, ever, ever. It's why in the first century when they sent the believers to the Colosseum to be ripped to shreds by by wild animals, read the accounts of Eusebius. Read the accounts of the historians who wrote. And the the people of Rome were disappointed because the Christians never put on a good show for them. Because they would go with singing. They would go with smiles on their faces. Why? Because they didn't fear 
what Rome could do to this body. They knew they had the power of an endless life. I'll be the first to tell you, I ain't there. I don't want to go be ripped up by wild animals. I don't want to be persecuted for my faith. I don't even want to try to imagine whether I could face what so many before me and are right now facing. I don't want to. But I have to believe this, that were that ever to be the case, God would give you and me the grace to face whatever needs to be faced. Because our hope is not in anything here. Our hope is in Him. And see, prayer is not me reminding God what He needs to do for me. Prayer is for me to be thankful and to glorify God for what He has already done and what He has already given me in Christ Jesus. Prayer with thanksgiving is focused on what has already been provided. That's why Paul says pray with thanksgiving. Remember, you're not thankful for what you don't have. You're not thankful for what you've not been given. You're thankful for what you have received. It's the gift God's given us. So we pray with thanksgiving. I'm praying, thanking God for what I have already received. So that prayer focuses on what's already been provided, not what is perceived to be lacking. See, too much of our praying is based on what's lacking, what we perceive to be lacking. Remember that magnifying glass? Whatever you put that glass on, that's what's going to be magnified. If the If the point of your praying is always based on your problems, you know what's being magnified in your life? Your problems are being magnified. Your situation is being magnified. God said, don't pray magnifying your situation. Pray magnifying God. He knows your situation. He knows what you need. Pray with thanksgiving, magnifying Him. Let His peace be magnified. Let His gift in Christ be magnified. Let His glory be magnified. When we offer prayer with thanksgiving, the glory of God is magnified. His gift is magnified. His peace is magnified. God is magnified and He is abounding. It's abounding to His glory. That prayer with thanksgiving abounds to God's glory. Our thanksgiving is proportional to our knowledge of Him. See, if I don't know the Jesus that I've received... My ability to be thankful for him, for who he is, is directly proportional to my knowledge of who he is. If I think Jesus or God is just some guy up in the sky who comes to my rescue when I have an emergency, my ability to thank him is going to be directly proportional to that knowledge. If I understand the Jesus that I have received, if I understand that I have his fullness, his completeness, his authority, his very life, then that knowledge will cause my thanksgiving to be proportional. The more I know him, the more his peace is multiplied, the more his grace is multiplied, the more his glory abounds, the more the gift is magnified, the more he is magnified, the more I come to know him, the more I grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the more the reality of who he is. And what I have in him and who I am in him. That reality is magnified. And that's when the peace that passes understanding will guard your heart. Even when it doesn't make sense. And everything by prayer with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. You notice it says in everything by prayer with thanksgiving. Not with fear, not with desperation. But with 
thanksgiving. You may be in a fearful situation. You may be in a desperate situation. But here's where 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 through 5 come into play. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, for casting down imaginations, for every argument that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Even when it doesn't make sense, I go back to who he is, the Jesus I have received. Do I know this Jesus whom I have received? And as I have received Jesus Christ the Lord, so I am commanded to walk in him. If I don't know who he is, I cannot walk as he walks. I can't walk in him if I don't know who he is. So I must grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus. In our thanksgiving, God's peace, God's gift, God's glory will be magnified. Rejoice always, Paul writes to the Thessalonians. Chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. First Thessalonians, rejoice always. How is that possible? See, there's seasons in our life. There's things we go through. There, Ecclesiastes says there's a time of weeping and there's a time of laughter. But once again, those are seasons that pass. But our life should be one of what? Of rejoicing. Why, even though I've gone through a season of mourning, a season of weeping, joy comes in the morning. Why? Because God is new. His mercies are new every day. The sun rises every day. You don't worry about going to bed tomorrow, whether the sun's going to come up, whether you've seen 2012 or not. What a bunch of junk. You don't go to bed at night wondering whether the sun's going to rise in the morning, do you? No, you know it's going to rise. You know the night only lasts for a moment, but the day, the light is coming. Church, we have a hope as sure as the sun rising in the east tomorrow morning. His name is Jesus. I may go through a, a season of night, a season of morning, but I have a reason always to rejoice because I know joy comes in the morning. I know the light is going to dispel the darkness. I have a hope. I have a promise in Jesus Christ. doesn't matter what happens in this world. I have a hope in Him. I can be. I must be. I must learn to be thankful in all things because His Word is sure. His promise is sure. He will not fail us. He has not failed us. He is faithful to the end. He is. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. We have a reason to be thankful. We can, in spite of everything, pray with thanksgiving. And if I know this Jesus whom I have received, I know that I have a peace that passes understanding. His peace will be magnified. If I know this Jesus that I have received, I know the gift that has already been given to me in Christ. I have a reason to be thankful.
If I know this Jesus that I have received, I know that all things work together for his good and for his glory. And as my thanksgiving abounds to him, it abounds to his glory. When I can thank him in the night, when I can thank him in the darkness, when I can thank him in the valley of the shadow of death, it abounds to his glory because my thankfulness is declaring that my hope is not in the valley, whether there's a shadow or not a shadow. My hope is not whether there's darkness or whether there's light. My hope is in him. And if there is darkness, it's only for a moment. There is a shadow. It will be dispelled by the light, the all-consuming light of His glory and of His presence. That's the hope we have. We can pray with thanksgiving always in all things. And I would encourage you to know this Jesus whom you have received. And if you have received Him, I would encourage you to walk in Him as you have received him in fullness, in completeness, and in all authority with the power of an endless life. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. If you're here today and there's one among us, any among us that's never given their life to Jesus Christ, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Jeff, I don't know if I really know Jesus. I know about him, read about him, been in church, Know his name, know, know that book's about him, but I don't know that I have ever really come to know Jesus the way you are speaking of him. If that's you, before you leave here, you can come to know him that way. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Is there anybody, 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 the most important decision anyone can and will ever make? Anyone. Let's all stand. See, this is why it's important, saints, and I call you saints because you signified that you're either a saint or you're content with not being a saint right now. But let's, let's give you all the benefit of the doubt. And